Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. I'm your host, Jen McCarran. I'm on the board of directors at Clock, and I lead the Netflix legal operations and technology team. On this episode, we're headed to the podcast lounge at Clock's 2023 EMEA Summit in London. I'm joined by Bernadette Bulacan, Chief Evangelist at Isertis, a leading contract lifecycle management tech solution company. Bernadette is no stranger to digitally transforming legal departments. She's had a storied career in legal tech and innovation, initially over at Thomson Reuters with the rise of Legal Tracker, and now at Isertis. With the dominant discussion being on generative AI, Bernadette and I get skeptical and discuss things like, what about the old AI? Do attorneys even know that's happening? Should we get people focused on the basics around classic AI and the prep work that is required for it to be successful? That's things like making sure you have data lakes, making sure you have good data hygiene and leading legal folks towards embracing a digital culture first before jumping into generative AI? Just a thought that we lay all out here with a takeaway message. It's okay to slow down because you have to learn to crawl before you can walk. And we do hope this is the moment that lawyers and legal professionals abound can truly get on board with digital transformation. Enjoy the episode. Well, Bernadette, welcome to Clock Talk. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me here. Making it happen. Isertis is in the house. Yes. London style. London style. London style. Where are you based normally? Where am I based normally? I am based in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, Washington. Jet lag. Let's go. Let's hit it. Let's hit our topics. A, we're extremely jet lagged. B, did you see that opener downstairs? I did. What'd you think of Shell, of Anya's talks about industry, the world at large, tech transformation. Anya is always riveting. Always. This is a podcast, but the graphics that the other speaker had, had me mesmerized. Yeah, they were good. They were very good. Yeah. I missed some of the graphics because I was busy. I don't know where I was running from something to a meeting from a meeting. That is the beauty of clock yeah. and the summits and the global summits. It is all of the people in the running, even though I was told to wear smart shoes, yes. I was coming from a meeting, so I am not in smart shoes, but I'm going to go change them pretty soon. Yeah. I tried with real shoes today and I put the sneakers back on. Yeah. Yeah. But then last night I walked like 40 minutes across London with Anya in the wrong sneakers. So my feet are just already chewed up. This is what I love about London. I don't experience it as much in Seattle, but just the walkability and all of the different boroughs and neighborhoods. I mean, you're from New York. Yeah. So you have that. I have that when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm in LA. So I have a really cool car. Yes. Yeah. I'm also from Southern California yeah. originally. Oh. So we would drive a mile. I'd make no. Oh yeah. I drive a quarter of a mile. Yes. I walked the other day, maybe a quarter of a mile in LA and I was like, should I take an Uber home? But also I had COVID as you know, you saw yes. me just as I came through COVID. You were merged. I think the, the I, term of art is you emerged. I emerged from COVID. from COVID. So we had a call and I barely remember it. 
but hopefully I did some good work action iteming for the panel we're going to do tomorrow. I'm so excited. First yeah. of all, I'm excited because everyone's talking, of course, everyone's talking about Gen AI Yeah. and then it will be Professor Andrew Perlman. That's right. And so I'm excited that he's going to showcase real some real cases. stuff, yeah. Some practical stuff. Because I think like the last few months, like since November, December, yeah. we've... Been in a hype cycle swirl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had mentioned the haikus. I think we were talking about limited liability haikus. Yeah. Like, Chat GPTB will be totally great at that. But yeah. I'm excited to like hear how people are actually using it and what... Yeah, and show us some here. concrete examples because I don't think anyone's using it at all yet. I think everyone's talking and trying to understand the use and I... I Who's ready? I'm not ready. Is anybody ready in-house? I speak for the in-house. Anya had some really great examples of what, again, what they're piloting and what they're thinking about. All my thoughts are great too, but what we're doing (laughs) is still, you know, five years ago to now, vision, execution, data cleanup, executing all of that, which is all great foundational work to put AI into. Let me ask you this. Let's put generative AI aside. Oh, thank God. That's aside. But right. let's go back to, I feel like that's new Coke. What about classic Coke? I've what been about working classic AI. I've like, been working diligently on classical AI yeah. and machine learning. Yes. And cracking the code on that and yes. getting ROI and figuring out how to yeah. get ROI on that, which I don't think a lot of people have. Well, I don't know. I haven't been inside the iCertis environment, Mm -hmm. but has it had machine learning AI for the last five years? It has. It has. So those are the things. And oftentimes I don't think the attorneys realize it because all of a sudden all of their legacy contracts are there. The way that they got in there was through the the power of AI, but you just oftentimes don't see because it's integrated into the workflow. And so we do have companies that are using AI. They'll have a playbook and that playbook is, is powered by AI and will surface clauses or that particular workflow will be powered by AI. Yeah. So it, it's not one of those things where we flash a light and say, it's on, it's yeah. on, it's on. But, and maybe we should. No, no. If it's working, it's yeah. under the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that a lot of that is happening. I still think there is this learning curve about classic AI and supervised model. There's and, a learning curve to making a model that works custom for yeah. your enterprise, yeah. for sure. And you got to train that yourself without... Most of us don't aren't data scientists in this group or... I don't, only play one on I TV. play one on TV. And we don't have access to endless data scientists. So to make sense of it all and make it work when it's not your algorithm mm-hmm. is a very steep curve and it literally costs money and time. Yes. And that's where I don't think my guess is a lot of teams are if they are at all dabbling. But a lot of the ops functions are new. And when you come in, the first thing you're gonna do is not build a custom AI model. You're going to come into that new role and go foundations, e-billing matter management, your world that you came from two worlds back, contract life cycle, the basics, maybe some IP tooling, the basics. Yes. It's really funny. And this is probably verboten for me to say, but I always think about the basics first because what you want, and Anya mentioned it in her opening, 
you want the data hygiene. You want to have good processes. In yes. You need to have that adoption. Hygiene. So <laughs> hygiene, hygiene, yeah. hygiene. It's so important to have that first. Yeah. I mean, I think I we should all be dabbling in AI just the way that you've described. But it's all for naught if you don't have an organization that embraces a digital culture. And that digital culture has to be at that basic level first. I mean, it's a definite crawl, walk, run. But right now, the running is like super cool looking. Is it? I think so. You're talking about hygiene. And I think that's a really important point that you have to have an element of that going on. Mm -hmm. In the work that we're doing in legal departments and law firms, before you just come in, you use the crawl, walk, run analogy. And I'm going to add fly on that. How do you get from crawling to the sky? And you can't just get gen AI or machine learning AI and throw it in. That is flying to me. Yeah. Yeah. Or a really cool looking run, which you were about to describe to me. I mean, is it a sprint? Is it like long distance? I think it just has like really good shoes and a totally fly track suit right now. I think it's like Hoka shoes. That's what everyone's wearing. Yeah, The cool run. Really loud Hoka shoes. Really loud Hoka shoes. And then everything else is black. Yeah. Oh, this AKA this is my gym outfit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see it. I think what's interesting is all of that's there, right? The outfits are there. Mm -hmm. We're understanding it more. The learning curve is actually having lawyers believe in it. That's going to be huge. Right. I mean, I think there's a myth that what I do is so bespoke. Each contract I review is a snowflake and it's only my expertise that can negotiate and write this. And I just don't believe that that's the case. But it's a really valuable point in the hurdle to clear with that. And I've seen like showing them the machine learned document and how fast it's tagged up or OCR'd or both and saved. No brainer. That's amazing because it'll scale time for all the legal professionals who've had to do that manual work. Where's the but? Well, the but is when they see the generating happening. There's a pause. Mm -hmm. Where did that language come from? That's my craft. Why is it saying those words trained on what? Until you're at a point where everything is trained on what you wrote, that's going to be a wonderful point in time, but that's not anyone's exact starting point. You have to do so much hygiene and metadata making. Yes. Well, especially for classic Coke and classic Classic AI. Yeah. The models are much more transparent. You're yeah. as an individual, you're interacting with it yeah. much more deeply. And then generative AI just has this impression of being magic. But I think like all the technology, we're on a learning curve. And this AI moment seems so different than what we were experiencing seven or eight yeah. years ago. Yeah. Rarely do I applaud lawyers and their embrace of technology, but this moment does feel different. So I think we need to capitalize on it. It is not going to be perfect. And there's some things we need to find real use cases. We need to find the real use cases. They need to be built. I think the way and how they are trained need to be transparent. I think that where I see organizations being really successful is when they have legal ops. Legal ops is working with multidisciplinary teams 
to understand whether it's the ethics, the responsible training, the use cases, and they're not limited just to the legal department. I think it's an incredible time to showcase the legal department especially because they are often the owners of this rich data set in CLM. But I think where you're going to have universal enterprise-wide adoption is when you have these multidisciplinary teams swarming it, understanding it, being the evangelists. And so those are the steps I see now that really responsible, really innovative companies are taking. Like the organizations we're working with, it's not just the legal department and their AI vision. They are partnering, as all good legal departments do, with their stakeholders and trying to understand where there is value, not just to use the magic, but to use it in a way that is quantifiable, that is truly a sea change, and then being really smart about how they introduce it. Because I think that's the other part of it. We know I was talking about myth busting. I mean, I'm excited for the innovation days that you and others are going to throw all next year, trying to think about what those use cases are or bringing in experts, just like you've brought here to clock into your departments to help bust those myths. I mean, I think this is next year. I mean, it is September. So in my mind, but we're all thinking about next year. It's, it's that time of deep planning for 2024. So you're going from deep myth to deep 2024 predictions that we're all going to be doing use case tests and lab experiments on how to get started with some of this and what it looks like in legal. I do. I really do. I think you'll see organizations and legal departments looking at where they have data, Mm -hmm. where they've been successful with that data hygiene and foundational technology adoption. And then that is going to be some of the prioritization, I think that they're going to think, ah, if I have this rich database, and maybe there's some other behind the firewall data within the company that can be combined with that data. Shell, our keynote speaker, was just saying that in the rapidly advancing technological culture we all find ourselves in, that the most sought after skills are going to be soft skills. Yeah. And all that in-between stuff. Yes, and... The guy who can join all the tables at your company, the guy who can go into that data warehouse and go, okay, I have all these contract metadata points from my CERTUS. Here's the workday data, the ERP data. Yes. Yeah. Here's the deal system data. Yeah. Here's this random. This is coming out of SAP and this S4 is coming Hana. from SAP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in some so-and-so's Airtable or sheet tracker but it's really their source of truth for intake or something. And who can marry all of that and make sense? Even a V1 of three or to five different data sources, that that guy is the star of the future. So it is that guy, but it's that guy because he is able to translate it across multiple tables and multiple people. Yeah. I mean, I think what's going to go on in the next year yeah. is, yes, we are going to look at like what generative AI use cases are feasible. But in the same way, I think legal teams need to understand what is uniquely and inherently human about what it is that they do. And if given the opportunity to focus on those things, the communication, the strategy, the creativity, 
That yeah. I think is getting missed a little bit because it's all about the technology and what the technology Oh yeah. Or is. it becomes the technology and then the older way we do all the work, the, create the first draft, find the precedent, file the thing. That all still gets done highly manually mm-hmm. in most environments. And mm-hmm. that is drudgery and the opposite of creativity. When that more and more gets automated, then there's more time and then space for curiosity for this new, new, for the new, new. I think there's going to be a lot more storytelling. I hope so. Because I think that the data will be there. This force of creativity will be available. When I was in law school, some of the most creative people were actually the litigators, right? They're the ones They are artisans artisans of story. They are language. They can weave using certain facts and I think that is what like prompt engineering will be, right? Like if the ability for a litigator to do a cross-examination and find the right stories and ask the right, it is the art of asking the right question. Yeah, which is what prompt engineering will be about, which is like very, when we were all early days, Google, you have to learn how to search to find. Yes. And know how to go a few levels deeper. Mm -hmm. And we all have that friend, that one person in the group that you're like, you're an expert Googler. Like you'll find depth where I won't more quickly. That's what it's going to be like with prompt engineering over time and then customizing that. Cause that's what I was learning too. Gen AI coming online in one of my tech environments is there's the prompt engineering side and having someone driving a series of prompts and then teaching the people, the users, how to prompt. It's a whole other career. I know. I love that, right? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be an expert Googler. Now I'm kind of questioning my Google skills. Yeah. But I'm so excited to see, again, it just feels different. And I don't know. I believe it'll be an evolution, not a revolution. I think it's, I completely agree. Well, yeah, the slower incremental evolving. Maybe faster than some of the other evolutions. And now a brief message from our sponsor, iCertis. Legal teams today are facing more challenges than ever before. Turn those challenges into opportunities with iCertis. iCertis Contract Intelligence leverages market-leading AI and other advanced technologies to transform scattered contract data into insights and automation so you can work smarter, faster, and more efficiently. Empower your team to focus on what matters most to the business and drive legal transformation with iCertis. It's in your contract. Visit iCertis.com today. And now back to the podcast. I remember speaking to a general counsel. We were doing a leadership meeting with his global legal department. And just to get a sense of the room, I asked, tell me what technology change your practice. And everyone in my email group, email across the group, everyone pulled out their iPhone. And at the time that the meeting, their Blackberry just to put it in time and pointed at this, there was electronic tethers, emails that we would be able to leave in the office. Someone mentioned the fax machine. The fax came up earlier, sort of the photocopy machine. Yes. yes. But the general counsel for this organization said the technology that most changed his career was the IBM Selectra typewriter when it had three lines of memories instead of one line of memory. He said it eliminated an entire floor of word processors. 
Yeah. And I am sure he meant individuals yeah. who were processing his work. Of course he did. And I think that's also the challenge that legal operations has is that you have someone in the legal department talking about how a typewriter changed his yeah. practice yeah. and another half pointing at their iPhone. And then now in this environment, another half talking about generative AI tool yeah. that can converse with them and appears to be sentient. Those are all of the people. That entire spectrum big is the spectrum that you are serving and trying to bring on this journey. It's no easy task. No. The typewriter folks, though, they're basically at the senior leadership enough level that they should have teams doing it all. So I will not try to change manage them. But they're senior leaders. You have to sell them on something that they won't be around to see the harvest on. I'm not talking deaf, like they're not, not to get grim, but they might not be in that role in yes. that part in their career where they see it. And I look at all of this, what you're describing is like a zero to 10 year journey. When you transform legal departments, this doesn't go quickly. Right. You're working across generations and cohorts of people all having these different definitions of tech seismic change. Yeah. It's kind but of fascinating. It is really important yeah. that a leader that won't be there five or 10 years sets the tone. All of the tools available will not create this digital transformation no. if there is not this digitized DNA and culture yeah. within an organization. And I remember days when it wasn't there and I've just yeah. been so incredibly enthused by the rise of ops because without you we would still be in these dark, slow, again, it's an evolution, but it would have been the slow and painful part of the evolution for sure. I believe in us. We're good conduits. We're popping up in legal departments everywhere. General counsels are inviting us to come tell them what they're doing wrong, <laughs> which was my invite. I got to go to Netflix and I was like, Ooh, that's a good sell. That's a good way to put it. And then we go and I worry about my cohort of people, my legal ops and tech people that we're all going to quit before the miracle because it is a long road to change how people do their work, how to displace the bottom portion of drudgery work and look at the people whose tasks you're displacing and sell them a new future. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And keep them motivated to want to change, even though it might give them less to do, but hopefully more time for other creative things. But there's always that looming. Is this the floor of word processors also go? It could not my fault though. I think that we are looking at a future where we are going to upskill people. Yes. And that upskilling might be when it used to be keyboarding. Yeah. Keyboarding. Keyboarding, right? I I that was a class too. I took in high school. Me too. Me too. Okay, Do you remember? It was big because it wasn't typewriting. No, it was, it was keyboarding. keyboarding. What'd you learn in? Oh my gosh. What do you mean? What did I learn? Like what was like, the word processor or the software? It was some like Apple Mac behemoth Yeah, with the three inch floppy disk. Amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. I learned in WordPerfect, <gasps> the blue screen. And I loved that blue screen. It was so cool. And I learned all the commands just in time for WordPerfect to get bumped by everything Microsoft. And 
what a testament to like how you have to be in this world. You have to learn it up and then you have to be willing to walk away yeah. from everything. That's, that's resilience. Walking away though, I was just on LinkedIn and saw an entire conversation about the differences between word perfect and- Come on, people are still talking about yes, that? Yes, exactly. I mean, at least we're not talking about typewriters, but again, that's the evolution that we are seeing and yeah. it's not easy. Do you remember how fast you typed? No, I don't. But now I'm going oh, I'm I'm to call my mom and see if she She'll can. know. She was in the class. No, no, no. But there's probably some like. Like report card or yeah, something. Some like dot matrix report. Yeah. That the dot matrix know. report. My teacher turned it into a competition. So I woke right up and like who could type the fastest and you get eliminated as oh. you get out typed. And it came down to me and Dan in the class. And it was like all the people behind us, like cheering for the type off. And it was all coming up on a big screen. And we were type off. Yeah, we had to type off. And we were being measured on words per minute and percentage error. And I had to achieve like a godlike state to find the power in my fingers. And I beat that guy. I just want everyone in this room to know 104 words per minute, 4% error. I was at the prime. Thank you. Felix is saluting me. That's when I first wondered, should I work in tech? <laughs> this it, I was like Olympian on a keyboard. What do you think? If we were to transport you, what is the Olympic sport now? Oh man. The Olympic sport seems to be splitting your attention across five to six different things at once, which I'm not sure is getting us ahead. Yeah. yeah. Attention. Focus. I think deep work and creativity are going to be the Olympic sport of the future because those are the people who are going to rise to the top. Those who know how to get a ton done and know when to switch off and not be in meetings and email and reactive mode and know when to go deep and make the slides, the thing, the memo, the message, the story Mm -hmm. that they can come back out and tell the project stakeholder group, the legal group. I think that's it. Those who can master that context switch will win. Just a prediction. We're on predictions. We're already, we're t- that's not a 2024 prediction. Oh, you think later, like 2028? Yeah. 2038? Yeah. No, because I think it goes back to like, let's go back to basics. Yeah. We know that the basics, it takes time to build those muscles. Yeah. God, it's so true. I think it's happening now though. That's been my revolution in the last couple of years, becoming a leader, becoming an exec level leader. And making that transition, I'm like, oh, I'm here to create and create strategy and narrative Mm -hmm. that others can buy into, believe, debate me on, follow once they're bought in. And I need that. I was just talking to myself. I need that creative time or else I fall. But you need to afford yourself that creative time. And when you have data and you're confident in the yeah. tools that you have deployed and those tools yeah. are... Well, when nothing's deployed, you have to be confident in a power just greater than yourself <laughs> and your vision and the feedback you give your team, good and constructive and the signals that come back. So it, everything is like faith up until the launch. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that day. I have all that data and yeah. can pull that in. Right now, it's just a big intuitive guess about what legal needs. This turns into confession for me. This is not supposed to be the podcast, but sorry, guys, I'm processing. No, I love it. I love it. That is what I get to do at Isertis is work with our ops leaders, our GCs. And the road is not linear. No. 
It's not a linear road and it is not short. No. And there are no shortcuts. No. But onward we go. And I'm just trying to be in love with the process the whole time. Even though we're such an outcomes-based group and industry, everything, work, business is about outcomes. I'm trying to set a vision and forget it. Set it and forget it. Well, I encourage you not to forget it. It will be iterative. And yeah, it's like there yeah. to iterate towards in yeah. the zigzag. Yeah. I won't forget it. Yeah. I just that, was referencing the possibility. But then you'll have a fly suit to wear as you're as you're there. Yes. Your, your, your Oka's in your fly running suit. I love this cool running suit. You, we're going to have to go running at some point so we can literally compare cool running suits. I mean, the park is right. It's right here. there. Yeah. But do you run? Are you a runner? Um, I quit not that. Not fast. Yeah, I quit. Not well. I want my knees. So yeah, I'm now at the age that I do enjoy the flexibility of my knees. Exactly. I love yeah. my knees. Yeah. Well, Bernadette, I'm so glad you came on Clock Talk today. Thank I Certis for your sponsorship at Clock. You guys are so important to us being able to put on this show to help others like us. Yes. Well, we are just so, so appreciative and grateful to Clock and all that you're doing for legal professionals and you have been a game changer. And so we are just thrilled, thrilled to have, thrilled with this partnership. So thanks. Right on. See you out there and I'll see you in the other podcast tomorrow on stage. That is right. Thank you. See you. Bye, Bernadette. Bye. Thanks. That about wraps up this episode. Thank you, Bernadette, for coming on the podcast today, for sharing your insights and to Isertis for your sponsorship. You can catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time.